Welcome, Blue Jay fans, to episode 21 of Section 138, a weekly Blue Jay podcast for all things Blue Jays. Obviously, uh, in the past few weeks, it hasn't been uh, what we've set out to do weekly. Uh, we have a few reasons behind that. First, we've been just really busy. Uh, second, we've kind of parted ways with our two other co-hosts. Now it is only Blue Jays Nation and I, uh, everything Blue Jays and Blue Jays Center, decided to take their own uh, kind of path in a podcast and do their own from now on. So it'll just be Blue Jays Nation and I, but we hope to keep up kind of the same thing and uh, hopefully the, the style of the podcast doesn't vary that much. But today uh, we'll be talking about Marco Estrada. He just got extended uh, a few few days ago, so we'll be talking about that extension, whether it was good, uh, how Estrada will affect the Blue Jays uh, in the coming coming months, and then, of course, next season. Uh, but we'll also talk about Jose Bautista, his last homestand as a Blue Jay ends tomorrow at work, as we're recording this, um, but but does it actually? Could the Blue Jays have a chance at re-signing him? Uh, will he pick up his contract, and will the Blue Jays pick up their side of the contract uh, in that mutual option? Uh, and then we'll also talk about the the bullpen for next season uh, and and how it's how it's shaping up, especially with Roberto Osuna's struggles this season. Uh, so let's just start with the biggest topic. Uh, that's Jose Bautista. He has been a Blue Jay for seven, eight years at this point. Um, he is a career player, uh, borderline, um, maybe not borderline, but. He, if he kept up the pace of play as he was playing in the you know 2014, 2015 for maybe a few more seasons, I think he would be in the Hall of Fame discussion. But obviously he didn't do that, and this season his numbers are awful. Uh, he's hitting just above 200. He has around 20 home runs. Uh, it's it's not looking good. And he was signed to a mutual option with the Blue Jays at the start of this season. Um, he had this season guaranteed, and then. 2018 and 2019 were mutual, meaning that both Bautista and uh, the Blue Jays had to pick up their side of the contract for the contract to continue, and uh, it's very rare to see this type of contract actually fleshed out and uh, both sides picking up the deal, and it seems like we won't see that now. It's almost certain we won't see that now, uh, and I think Blue Jays Nation is, is in agreement with me there, but my question for you is, do you think that the Blue Jays and Jose Bautista, despite not um, being able to, to to both pick up that side of the option, do you think uh, they will sign a new deal and Bautista will see some more time in Toronto, perhaps in a backup role, a fourth outfielder role, or do you think this is the end? Uh, I think Jose Bautista for sure wants to stay with the team, but I think right now it's a matter of does the team want him. And I don't think they really need not that they don't want I don't think they need him because Mark Chabot and Sat Atkins they want to get younger you know even Teo Hernandez and many many young players get cut this season throughout the course uh, and I just think they've kind of get not given up but they're kind of past their core of players you know they they Edwin Encarnacion didn't re-sign last year obviously that's a, a whole different story but I think they're I don't think they're going to be aggressive with Jose Ista at all uh, he is turning 30 I believe in October he, despite being a great player for the team in the past, he he's hitting just over 200 here. He played with injuries last year and hit like 34, I believe. Uh, so he's definitely in a decline. His defense is not the greatest to, you know, just, in my opinion, justify him coming as a fourth outfielder. Uh, the only thing that would, I think, justify it for him, 
his power and you know he's a home run hitter all throughout his career. He hit tw- he's hit 20 home runs this year, but still you know he's hitting like 204, 205, something like that. So I don't think I, I just don't think it makes sense for the Blues to want him to come back. You know he's a 37 year old that let's face past his prime. He's not the player he used to be, and I just I Jose Bautista again would like to come back. You no, know, he loves the city of Toronto. He loves the country. He loves every about the team, but I I think he was. Or Mark Shapiro, I should say, and Ross Atkins are—they have moved on from Bautista, and they want to look towards the future and not holding on to the past as they possibly can. Although it does it suck that he's pretty much his last season with Jays. You know, I think side of him is going to be a lot harder than it was to say goodbye to Edwin Encarnacion last year. Uh, you know, simply because he spent so much the team the last couple or last decade, I should say. But you know, I think unfortunately this is the end. All things must come to it. I think. 2017 is the end of the uh, Jose Bautista era in Toronto. Yeah, it's exactly like you said. Jose Bautista is turning 37 uh, in October. So really, if the Blue Jays are staying true to what they want to do in the future, if they're staying true to the plan that we've seen them trying to uh, to perform, they will try to get younger. And Jose Bautista doesn't really help with that. Um, he is turning 37, and he's being paid $18 million uh, for hitting you know, 203 and being worth a negative 1.8 more this season. So it's pretty awful. Um, but when you look at alternatives to him, um, I, I think there's a plethora of options. You have Kevin Plar obviously in center field, and then Jose Bautista uh, played in 137 games, uh, all of which were in right field this season. Um, and then following him, Ezekiel Carrera, 115 games, Steve Pierce, 85 games, Teoscar Hernandez, 17 games, Nori Aoki, 10 games, Dwight Smith, 10 games, Chris Coughlin, 8 games, you get the point. There's um, really, when you look at the picture for the outfield next year, you have Pilar in center, obviously, Pierce in the left, probably not all uh, all the time because we've seen him injury prone this season. Just yesterday, it was announced that he was shut down for the season with back injury. Um, so uh, Steve Pierce platooning in left, let's call it that. Um, and then you have a hole in right field up. Who could fill that within the organization? Teoscar Hernandez um, could fill either the left field hole um, part of the time or right field hole all the time. But then past that, who do you have? Do you have Dwight Smith Jr.? Do you have Anthony Alford? Do you have maybe even Daryl Siciliani who saw success in his time with the Blue Jays? How limited it may have been because he was injured for the majority of the season after playing just uh, two games with the Blue Jays. So who... Who do you try? Who, who do you get to fill that void? If I had to choose, um, I would pick Teoscar Hernandez and uh, a combination of Teoscar Hernandez and Dwight Smith uh, because when you look at um, Hernandez, he's been good and he's expected to be good and uh, everyone thinks that he's major league ready, uh, but I don't want to hand the keys to the city to him just yet. So uh, I, I would... I would want a combination of him and someone else. I'd say Dwight Smith simply because he's a good player. We saw him uh, in in a bit of time this season, ten games, and he got he he did okay. Um, 
but I'd like to see a combination of them too. I think if the Blue Jays plan to be competitive in 2018, they do have to look externally for an outfielder uh, because you look at it, they're just they're just skirting past uh, with what they have right now. And if any player, any player at all, gets injured, um, they're they're kind of done for in the outfield. They have to call up someone like um, Dwight Smith or or Michael Saunders even or Anthony Alford or or Daryl Siciliani. They have to they have to rely on this player that. Uh, likely isn't very good. So I think if the Blue Jays really plan to compete in 2018, they they have to get an extra outfield outfielder. But I, I wouldn't say it's the number one priority for the 2018 team because obviously uh, there are a lot of other issues with this team, as we've seen, starting pitching. Uh, the bullpen, which we're going to talk a bit later, has been shaky. Um, there are other aspects of this team that they need to address. Uh, but I would say if they want to compete, get a get a, a at least a mediocre outfielder an average outfielder two to three win player and then and then that will hopefully satisfy their needs in the outfield uh past that uh, i just said we'll talk about the bullpen uh, i'll talk about it right now so roberto osuna has been fantastic um, in his career besides this season. This season, uh, he struggled a bit. He's still been amazing. He's had the most saves in his career. Um, 32, I believe, if that number is correct. Uh, 37. Okay, I was off. Um, but he's been amazing uh, and Really, he's the cornerstone of this bullpen. But besides that, uh, the Blue Jays did have Joe Smith. Obviously, they traded him at the trade deadline. Uh, who do you see as the setup man? Personally, I would say uh, Ryan Tapera. I like him, uh, but he hasn't been... Uh, down the stretch when he's being used a lot, he hasn't been as good as I think I'd like to see him be. Um, <clears throat> I would say if I had to pick one setup man probably be Dominic Leone. He's kind of flown under the radar this season, but he has been fantastic. He has a sub-3 ERA in over 50 innings of pitching. Carlos Ramirez is another option, but I think he's a bit too young, and we saw he gave up, what, three earned runs? I'm not giving up any. Uh, of course, everyone has a bad day, but uh, I, I think he's a bit too young to put him into that big role. Uh, but if I had to choose one person, it'd be Dominic Leone. What do you think? I think that it'll probably be Ryan Tapera just because over the course of the season, he's earned it. Uh, he, I think coming into the season, I was like, all right, well, in the team out of spring training, nobody really expects anything out of him. But then he'll have a career season. You know, he's pitched, I believe, the most innings ever in his career. His ERA uh, is fantastic. You know, just overall, he is, is having a great season. I think he... For the time being, has earned the right to be the setup man. Uh, Dominic Leone definitely could uh, take that role as well. Uh, for now, I think it will just be Ryan Tapera. Uh, Leone, I think, will be in a similar role, except maybe an inning or two later, uh, or sup if Tapera can't set up. Uh, and then you mentioned Carlos Ramirez. Uh, yeah, he's. I agree with what you said. He's a little too young. Uh, he, I don't know his age actually, but. You know, a guy that has had all of half a month at, uh, at the major league level cannot be put in leverage situations uh, and be at this point yet. You know, I think he needs a bit of time to develop, which, uh, on a side note, I think he will make the team, or again, a little, or a lot of consideration next year for making the team. Uh, he's definitely shown that he's pitching well. 
Uh, and then BG also, I mean, everyone wants him to be a starter. I think uh, for now, I think like I said, I'm in the bullpen for a little bit. He's definitely a guy that he gets to his regular form could definitely be the setup man. Uh, we saw in 2016, uh, he and Jason Grilly were a lot in those uh, high level situations. So he definitely could uh, be the setup man. Uh, looking forward in the season, I don't mind seeing the Blue Jays go back and uh, acquire Joe Smith again. Uh, probably likely, but uh, wouldn't mind to see that. And then him, him set up uh, once again with Osuna at the back of the bullpen. But uh, just if I had to pick one person, all those guys I, I named, uh, I'd say it'd be Ryan Spear, just because he's earned it over the course of this season. And the bullpen's been extremely open this season. This pair has pitched to 30-something innings and just getting by with a decent yard. He, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Barnes, a lot of guys have been overworked, and they've definitely shown that they can handle their workload. For now, I think he's an option. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a trusted guy, and obviously he has been really good this season. He has a 3.45 ERA, 1.137 whip in 75.2 innings pitched. Um, he has been really good, uh, and and he's shown that he can be really good in the future. And I think he's he, he's it's not a bad option, obviously. Um, he's a good pitcher, and he will continue to pitch well next season. Uh, I... I think Dominic Leone, my choice is kind of the the unpopular pick. It's it's not as as um, as reliable, I guess, because Dominic Leone hasn't done this in the past and he hasn't been doing it as much as Ryan Tapera. So I think it's kind of a a more risky pick. Uh, but it's it either option works fine. Um, and and Ryan Tapera even though I, I did say he has been getting tired and not performing well in the second half, he has a 2.97 ERA. And in the first half, he has a 3.77 ERA. So he's been drastically better in the second half. I correct myself there. Um, but but really, either option is fine. I don't think it matters that much. One interesting proposition is proposition of Matt Dermody as a lefty specialist. Um, we haven't seen him a lot this season. 19 games, more than before, obviously, because he was like never up before. But um, 19 games, 21 innings pitch. He has an ERA of 380, um, war of 0.2, and uh, again, only 19 games. Uh, but he is a lefty, do you think that he could possibly become a lefty specialist in this bullpen? Um, personally, he's 27 years old, so I think if the Blue Jays want to get um, what they can uh, out of him, they have to do it now uh, because he's aging, you know? Uh, but I, I think that he definitely could fill that role. He has the potential to. I'm not sure whether he will. Uh, his batting average, uh, opponent's batting average uh, uh, against left-handed hitters is 139 compared to uh, 318 against right-handed batters, and the on-base percentage is 179 compared to 375. So, um, if anything, I'd really like him to be a lefty specialist. Obviously, there's a difference in sample size there, um, and it's a small sample size uh, nonetheless, but I would like to see... Um, Dermody as a lefty specialist. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a realistic position, but It'd certainly be an entertaining one. Oh, uh, yeah, I think you brought up a great point there. Uh, Matt Dermody's ERA isn't great on the season, but I think that's uh, pretty much all because first it's where uh, he had like a 135 ERA at the end of it, and 
it's just been an uphill battle for him to lower his ERA uh, since then. But he, I think, has been amazing since since then. Since then, uh, like you said, his batting average against lefties is phenomenal. So, I mean, and like he really, I think, could take the spot because if he's not going to do it, I don't think anybody really uh, in this bullpen has really shown the lefty specialist or just specialist. Other, to anything than the setup man and the closer. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think uh, Matt Dermody, you know, he didn't didn't have a great perception on the season, but he's definitely, he can handle uh, big situations ever since his first appearance. And yeah, I think you bring up a great point. He, he could be a uh, lefty specialist next season. And he's got age, you know, he's not too old, he's not too young, but he's kind of in the middle of, you know, he's getting to his prime. And I think he definitely could be a very reliable lefty mm-hmm, specialist exactly. in the future. Um, so not much more to say there. Uh, let's wrap this bullpen discussion up with talking about Joe Biagini. Um, just just flat out, um, do you think he should be in the rotation or the bullpen? For no bullpen. Uh, it's kind of a complicated decision because, uh, I like I've said before, I don't really think Aaron Sanchez is kind of reliable in the rotation for the time until he proves that. Proves that. So I think my only option to to put in his spot until he's reliable would be Joe Biagini, but I really don't know how much longer you can do that. Uh, he phenomenal in 2016 out of the bullpen. This season again he was beat out of the bullpen, but this year as a starter, yeah, it's it's not been very good for him. Uh, he's three and eleven I think with a ERA in the fives. You know he definitely has had it going for him. I mean he's had. Multiple great starts at Orioles. Uh, he's, he's had some great starts, but the majority of his uh, stint in the rotations, or the rotation has been pretty bad. So I think uh, for the time being, you know, I was a big fan of putting him in the rotation, but now I think uh, it's time they take him out of the rotation, put him in the bullpen where it looks like he may belong in the bullpen. You know, I thought he's a starter. You know, he like 80 starts, I believe, in the Giants League organi- uh, system. But now I think it's, uh, you know, just... Keep him in the bullpen unless you absolutely need him to start and hold well, then keep him. But, oh, I think, you know, he's only going to get a couple innings because starting... which makes this so infuriating, but the majority of time, the time he's been um, awful in the starting rotation. Well, maybe not awful, but definitely not good. Um, looking at his splits as a starter, he has a 5.77 ERA in 78 innings pitched, and as a reliever, he has a 4.26 ERA in 31.2 innings pitched, so about 1.5 difference in the favor of becoming a reliever. Uh, but there's been talk about how if you if, if the Blue Jays dedicate... Uh, the role for him. They tell him the role he will have at the start of the season and make sure that role is reliable and consistent throughout the season. There's been talk that it will uh, positively affect him either way, whichever way it goes. Um, We saw in 2016 when he was just a reliever, he had amazing stats. Obviously, he had the 3.06 ERA over 67 innings pitched. Uh, That was um, in 60 games. So that was an amazing season. And his FIP was even lower at 5.295. Um, uh, 5.95 rather. So I think if they dedicate a role to him. If they decide before the season what he's going to do. And make it consistent. That'll help him. But I don't know if it'll help him. Um, in the sense of knocking you know, three or four points off of a ZRA. I don't think it'll help him that much.
I think, yeah, I don't think it will drastically improve his uh, stats, but I think it will definitely have a very positive impact on it because, you know, we hear it all the time. Starters prepare for games a lot in leaders. You know, a lot of people like Ezekiel Carrera and Ryan Goins we've seen even, you know, that don't know their role every day when they go, or they don't know if they're going to play every day. You know, they prepare for games differently, and I think for BG, that might help him a little bit. You know, he'll know, you know, how to work himself, what to do, what not to do. And I think, overall, I think it would improve his ERA a little bit. You know, he could, like I said, prepare for games a little better or differently. Uh, and just kind of having the confident manager that, you know, he's given you a defined role and he, you know, what you bring to the team and you can only focus on that. Uh, but yeah, I think that, quickly, that would definitely help you mentioned help that he did really well against the Baltimore Orioles this season. Uh, you are correct in saying that in seven games, he has a 3.4 ERA, an opponent batting average of 209. Um, or, or sorry, strikeout to walk ratio of 3.4, opponent's batting average of 209. Uh, that is close to the lowest opponent's batting average um, that he has facing an opponent, uh, Baltimore Orioles 209, and then the Mariners. Um, I don't know if he had a start against the Mariners. He had uh, a 1.88 batting average against the Braves, and then the lowest is against the Oakland Athletics where he... Uh, he faced nine batters, and none of them got a hit. Two of them got walked, though. Uh, so, to conclude this episode, we decided to talk about Marco Estrada. He just got extended, and again, congratulations to him. Uh, he's been with this team for a while, and he has been phenomenal in his time here, aside from a few ugly months uh, in in the summer. Uh, so, with Estrada back on the team for next season, you have a solidified rotation of Marcus Stroman, Marco Estrada, J.A. Happ, uh, and then you have um, Aaron Sanchez questionable. Uh, you also have a few other question marks. Uh, who who do you see filling that last role? Uh, I'm not sure. Because, uh, I think many people would like Aaron Sanchez to take the fifth spot. But, you know, the realistic answer is... I, I don't think you can really count on him as a starter next year. You know, maybe at least full-time starter. You, you maybe take him or give him a month in the rotation, see, or even just start, like, use the heck out of him in training to see if he can withstand the, you know, the workload of a full-time starter, and if he can, give him the extra spot or the last spot. But if he can, you know, maybe a guy like Fred Anderson he could uh, bring back to the rotation, you know, another lefty. Uh, it's never bad. It always helps, actually. So, other than Aaron Sanchez, I'd probably say Branson. Uh, not too sure because, yeah, it's a it's a pretty tough decision. I'd say Sanchez would be too if he is healthy, but if not, you probably have to get to Brett Anderson for a little bit. And if it's an emergency basis or a station, you know, you got to put BG even for a few starts, even if they aren't uh, the greatest. Uh, but moving on to Estrada, you know, just side note, I think the signing was great. Uh, it provides a lot of returns for the Blue Jays. You know, their rotation uh, without him wouldn't be very good, I would say. Uh, but yeah, it was also, I said this before signing, I believe the Blue Jays were going looking after Alex Cobb. Uh, he would definitely be another option, just going back to who should take that other role. I don't know how likely uh, acquiring him is, but he's definitely a guy who... Uh, us Blue Jays fans know a lot about, you know, him and his Rays are always playing us, and it's because he's always so good against them, uh, so he's definitely a guy I would 
be very interested in, uh, and if the Blue Jays got him, I'd be very happy with that. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say he definitely deserves a lot, or if he deserves, uh, he, ah, hold on, let me, let me read this. Uh, the Blue Jays should definitely give him a shot, you know, look at him in the offseason, but if not, if they don't want to get him, uh, look for Joe Biagini, an emergency situation, or a Anderson, if Aaron Sanchez if you look at it, you have is unable to take that last spot. Assuming none of the the other three pitchers we mentioned, Stroman, Estrada, and Happ, assuming none of them get injured, you have two full seasons of starting pitching that you have to fill in. Um, I'm not so confident about Aaron Sanchez, like you said, so I would say get half a season out of him. Um, of course, things could go a lot better, but things could go a lot worse like they did this season where he only appeared in nine games. Um, so then you have a season and a half you have to fill in. Um, and if you're looking inside the organization, you know, you have those names that pitched this season. Chris Rowley, uh, Brett Anderson getting a few starts now, uh, Mike Bolsinger maybe even. Um, you have some of these AAA uh, or or quadruple A, as they're called, kind of bouncing around. Too good for triple A, but not good enough for the majors. Casey Lawrence, uh, he was traded, so he's no longer an option. But you you do have um, a, a few options that you could go to uh, internally, but I don't think it's enough. So I think to be really confident about the rotation next season, the Blue Jays have to acquire um, an external pitcher. You mentioned Alex Cobb. I think he's a great example of what the Blue Jays can do and what the Blue Jays should do in the season to acquire someone. And then you're only down to one season, or like I just said, if Aaron Sanchez pitches half a season, then you're down to only half a season you have to get. And when it comes to that point, I think getting half a season out of Brett Anderson, um, uh, Chris Rowley, Mike Bullsinger, uh, all, all those types of players. I think, I think that's doable. But I don't think getting, uh, getting a full, uh, a full season and a half out of someone is doable. So, uh, to conclude this episode, we can say, um, one outfielder needed, one, uh, starter needed. Uh, we didn't really decide anything about the, the bullpen because that's a bit more fluid situation and the Blue Jays do have more options in that sense. Uh, but is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, just one thing I just kind of thought about. It's probably a bit of a crazy idea, but let's say the Blue Jays want, instead of stock up on a ton of players, you know, instead of riding three catchers like have been, even uh, earlier in the year, I believe they had three for a little while. Uh, one thing they could do is, like you mentioned, those uh, quadruple A type players, Mike Bulls, Singer, Lee, those type of guys. Maybe they could just load them up in the bullpen uh, and just have them there, pitch a few games out of the bullpen, start a few day, a few times. Uh, so, what do you think about that? Maybe having a, a few extra levers that could start every once in a while if needed, or do you think that that's kind of because really relying on that type of thing for the entire season would be problematic as we've seen this season a lot of quadruple a guys have had the same kind of output and and um obviously this season didn't work out the way they wanted so i'd like to see the the least amount of quadruple or triple a guys as we can um simply because you know have a having a major league player is better than having a a triple-A player, obviously, but um, if the Blue Jays do have to rely on those type of players uh, for, for parts of the season, for uh, a stretch of two weeks or something, when a player's on the disabled list, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's doable, uh, but when it comes to the point, like, this season, when it's, it's happening way too much, I think um, 
I think that's when it becomes problematic. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know. This is just a little thought. It, it, like I said, it's, it's probably not very likely, but if it did happen, uh, you know your team's in a bad situation, but, you know, it's those options that, All right, we'll you wrap know, things seems kind of crazy, you but you never know. Listened. Again, I am Mark Colley from 360 Blue Jays News and Bluebird Banter. As always, we were joined by Blue Jays Nation, and uh, when we get the details, we'll let you know uh, the name of Blue Jays Centers and everything Blue Jays Podcast, so you can listen to that as well. Thank you for listening. Uh, Have a great time.